Good morning. morning. Welcome to New Hope. Have you had a good day so far? Amen. Praise the Lord. I pray that you have indeed had a good day in your your small group classes this morning and just learning uh, what God has in store for you and learning uh, what God wants for you in your life. And we're glad that you're here this morning. If you're with us uh, visiting for the first time in person or online, if you would text the word welcome to 704-459-5575. That number is on top of your bulletin. You can also, if you're online, uh, you can download today's bulletin uh, as, we do, as, we can, as you can every week. Um, all the information uh, that is in our bulletin here, you have access to. So join us along that way and uh, be a part. And thank you for being a part of New Hope Worship this morning. As far as announcements this morning, I want to recognize Susan if she would come up this morning. Good morning, everybody. Um, Just want to put a quick plug in for the cookbook that the ACT teams are working on. If you have uh, given us recipes, thank you, thank you for what you shared with us. We appreciate it. We've got about 300, and we really would like to get to five. So if you could help us out, um, obviously, if you have not given us any, we know who you are. (laughs) And uh, don't mind chasing you down, but we know that you are good cooks and you have wonderful recipes, and we're just asking you to share them. And I know it does take time, but just take 20 minutes. And if you get one together in 20 minutes, fine. Or if you get 15 or 20 together in 20 minutes, it's fine. But you don't have to write them or type them if you give them to us. We'll do that, and we'll give you back your originals. We've got everything that anybody has given us. So um, please, if you think about it in the next week or two, if you could turn some in, we would be very grateful. It's going to be an amazing cookbook. Thank you. So what she's really saying is those recipes that you've been holding on to, those family favorites that I don't ever give to anybody, okay, it's time to give them up. Okay, Susan said, I'm even putting the peanut butter pound cake recipe in the cookbook. So, hey, if she does that, okay, everybody else can put it in. If you're online, man, we'd love to have yours too. Uh, email them to us. Uh, we'd love to include you in the, in the recipes as well. It's going to be a great, uh, a great cookbook because, like Susan said, this church is filled with great cooks. Uh, when mom and daddy first started coming up here, daddy said, man, I put on 20 pounds the first six months I was up there because <laughs> of all the good cooks. So we are glad that, uh, that that's coming about and uh, looking forward to putting that together and having it available for you later on in, this, in, the, in the year. As we continue our worship this morning, uh, as we begin our worship, uh, let's look at Psalm 92. It is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High, to proclaim your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night, to the music of the ten-string lyre and the melody of the harp. For you make me glad by your deeds, O Lord. I sing for joy at the works of your hands. How great are your works, O Lord, how profound your thoughts. The senseless man does not know. Fools do not understand that though the wicked spring up like grass and all evil evil doers flourish, they will be forever destroyed. But you, O Lord, are exalted forever. 
Let's pray together. Father in heaven, God, we do thank you for the day. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are a God that will last forever. When the things of this world will die and go away, you will still be there. Father, we thank you for that. And it is for that reason, God, that we've come to worship you today and uh, just exalt you and lift your name up. And Father, we pray today, God, as we engage in worship with you, God, that you would send us to confession, repentance. God, that we would experience you today in a way that we have never have. God, that you might be glorified and honored in all that we think, all that we say, and all that we do. Father, today we are praying that our, that our worship will be pleasing to you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Who was that? Boaz. 
Mm -hmm. Who's that? Mm -hmm. Which one was she? Mm -hmm. Is that Ruth? Ruth. Ruth? Mm -hmm. And where's Ruth? the baby? Who's that? Baby. Baby. Good job. Caroline sent that uh, video to us a couple of weeks ago, not knowing that we were going to be in Ruth this week. And <clears throat> I thought, how appropriate to introduce this week's message uh, about the, the, the book of Ruth and the story of Naomi and Ruth and, and Boaz. Uh, our series 316 continues uh, from Joshua chapter 3 last week um, and, and the promised land to the kinsman redeemer this week found in Ruth chapter 3. Uh, the book of Ruth, a lot of you have studied it, I know, uh, in the past. Uh, it's one of the most familiar books of the Bible. Um, it's about a foreign girl who who came out of uh, a pagan lifestyle, of a lifestyle of idolatry, and, and they came from the land of Moab, which meant that she was an outcast in, in Bethlehem. But it's a charming short story about love and suspense. There's, there's tragedy, but that tragedy is overcome by courage and love and loyalty. Great, great book. And it also has, it's important, has an important connection to, to Jesus coming into the world and it's a connection between Genesis and Matthew where the, 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 the genealogy of Jesus is not broken, okay? It makes that the genealogy, genealogy of Jesus whole. It, uh, it illustrates the Lord's provincial care, how He takes care of, of His people, um, and, and how God works in the lives of those that are open to Him, those that are willing to submit themselves and, and be faithful to Him. He will work in and through our lives. But the story of Ruth and her kinsman redeemer Boaz, it's an illustration of, of Jesus being our kinsman redeemer. In this book there are three men, uh, three deaths, and three widows. The main characters of the book are, are Naomi. Uh, she's married. Her husband uh, is Elimelech. She has two sons, Malon and Kilion, and they are married, and so makes them her daughter-in-laws, uh, Orpah and Ruth. And so Ruth is who we're going to be talking about today. Boaz is the other one. He is the wealthy landowner and ultimately the one that is, is the Redeemer. And so in chapter 3, the women, uh, as we move through chapter 1 and chapter 2, we come to chapter 3, the three women had, had lost their husbands at this time, and they had to decide whether to, to follow Jesus, whether, or to, whether to serve God, or whether to take an, an easier road, an easier way out. Two of them, Naomi and, and Ruth, they chose to serve God. It was a difficult path for sure. But ultimately God honored their choice. God honored their decision to follow Him as He sent a Redeemer for them to give them a new hope in life. Orpah, on the other hand, uh, she was the other widow. She took another route. She didn't follow after Ruth and, and Naomi. But the story begins in in Bethlehem, there's a great famine in the land, and so they had to escape it, and so they moved to Moab. 
it was there that Naomi's husband, Elimelech, and her two sons died. And, and so it left three widows to try to fend for themselves. And so Naomi, being the mother-in-law and the one to, trying to take care of everybody, decides that, hey, they need to move back to Bethlehem. They need to go back to their roots, back to where they came from. Now Orpah, she loved where she was. She had grown accustomed to her to, to, to the city, maybe made some friends and, and kind of settled down. But Ruth, in her loyalty and in her devotion to Naomi, she stayed with Naomi and, and said, wherever you go, I'm going to go. Whoever your God is will be my God. And so Ruth follows Naomi back uh, to Bethlehem. Their time in Bethlehem was, was difficult, difficult to say the very least. And Ruth, she would go out in the fields every, every day and gather up grains and corn and, and, and just the stuff that the harvesters had, had left behind or had missed altogether. While she was in the fields one day, she caught the eye of, of Boaz. You see, Boaz owned the land that she was gleaning the, 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 the wheat from. And so Boaz... He, he saw what he liked out there in this, in this lady. To him, it was love at first sight. And you can tell that because the way he starts treating... See, there were other women out there too doing the same thing. They were gleaning from the harvest. But Boaz, he, he gave Ruth special attention and, and, and special treatment. He, he made sure that they had plenty to eat. He told his workers to make sure to, to leave extra out there for them to get, to pick up. He protected her. He told his men, he said, don't touch her, don't lay a hand on her, and you respect her. And so we know that, that, that Boaz had a liking to her, okay? And we see that being played out. But in the story, Boaz is, is, is a type of a Christ. He was the kinsman redeemer, the, someone that was it was kin to the family. He was not the closest to the kin. There was another man that was in closer relationship. And so they had to go track this man down and see if he wanted to redeem the land for Ruth and Naomi. Ultimately, he didn't want to. And so Boaz becomes the kinsman redeemer. The kinsman redeemer was, he had the legal right to go and, and purchase land that was owned by another person and transfer it back to the original owner. And so Boaz, he would go out and buy the land back that was previously owned by Naomi's husband, Elimelech, and give it back to Naomi and Ruth. And when Boaz purchased the land, he got everything that was connected to the land. He got everything that was at all connected to it. That included Ruth, okay? That was the treasure for him. It was his bride. Think about this in relation to New Testament and Jesus coming back to be, to choose his bride. And the treasure that we are in the eyes of God. You see, Jesus came to earth and in the flesh to be our kinsman redeemer and to pay the price to, 
to have the right to regain the ownership of the earth and everything in it. The treasure is the church. The treasure is you and me. You see, the, the, the earth was originally given to, to Adam, but its ownership was transferred to, to Satan after Adam sinned. Think about this. Jesus doesn't necessarily want the earth, even though He's going to get it and, and, and will set up an eternal kingdom on earth. But what He's really after, what He really wants, what's in it is you and me, the church, His bride. And so we see that parallel between Boaz buying back the land and gaining Ruth, his bride. We see Jesus regaining control of the earth for His bride. And so Jesus will restore the possession back to the original family as the kinsman redeemer. And so just as Boaz was a type of Christ, Ruth is a type of church. If Jesus didn't come in the flesh to be our, our kinsman redeemer, He would he'd not be able to, to claim the earth. And even though Jesus will will still have the right to everything in it and the earth itself. He'll only take those who choose Him. He'll only take those who want Him. And we'll see that as the story unfolds. Ruth chose Boaz. Ruth came back to Boaz and claimed Boaz as his kinsman redeemer. And so it is with us. We have to choose Jesus. That brings us up to where we are in, in, in Ruth chapter 3. If you will, turn to Ruth chapter 3 as we read along with the story and pick up with the story where it is. It says, One day, <clears throat> one day Naomi, her, her mother-in-law, meaning Ruth's mo mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, should I try to find a home for you where you'll be well provided for? Is not Boaz, with whose servant girls you have been, you have been a kinsman of ours? Tonight he will be on the winnow, he will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Wash and perfume yourself, and put on your best clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor, but don't let him know you're there until he's finished eating and drinking. And when he lies down, note the place where he's lying. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. And he will tell you what to do. I will do whatever you say, Ruth answered. And so she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her to do. And when Boaz finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he went over and, uh, to lie down at the far end of the grain pile. Ruth approached quietly, uncovered his feet, and laid down. In the middle of the night, something startled the man and he turned and discovered the woman lying at his feet. Who are you? he asked. I am your servant Ruth, she said. Spread the cover of your garment over me, since you are a kinsman redeemer. The Lord bless you, my daughter, he replied. This kindness is greater than, with, than, than that which you showed earlier. You have not run around after younger men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all that you ask. All my fellow townsmen know that you are a woman 
of noble character. Although it is true that I am near, I'm near of kin, there is another kinsman redeemer nearer than I. Stay here for the night. And in the morning, if he wants to redeem, good, let him redeem. But if, not, if he is not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, I will do it. Lie here until morning. And so she lay at his feet until morning, but got up before anyone could, could be recognized. And he said, Do not, do not let, let it be known that a woman came to the threshing floor. And he also said, Bring me the shawl you are wearing and hold it out. And when she did so, he poured about six measures of barley and put it on her. Then he went back to town. When Ruth came to her mother-in-law, Naomi, when Ruth came to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, How did it go, my daughter? And then she told her everything Boaz had done for her and added, He gave me these six measures of barley saying, Do not go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. And then Naomi said, Wait, wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens, for the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. There is a plethora of sermons in chapter 3, and certainly in the, in the entire book of, of Ruth. A lot going on there. But we see Ruth in her plea to Boaz. She goes to Boaz and pleads to him only after, only after Naomi pushes her to. And her plea to Boaz was to, was to spread the, the skirt of his robe over her because he was the next of kin. Now, this act of covering someone with the skirt symbolized protection. But it was also associated with marriage. It was also like, like Ruth was coming to, proposing to Boaz to marry her, to take her home as, as his, as his wife. And notice, if you will, that, that Boaz recognized the noble character of Ruth. And I think that's important for all of us to, to pay attention to here. He spoke highly of her, of her character. Let me ask you today, do people speak highly of, of our character? Do people see us as, as people of integrity? He says, you know, she's not, she, she didn't show up in town chasing all, the, all the, the men around trying to latch on to one, whether he was young or old or rich or poor. She didn't do that. She went out there trying to serve and, 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 and take care of her family. In essence, she was a, a modest, a respectable lady of integrity and a lady of moral excellence. And so we ask that question of ourselves, are we living that kind of life? Do people see that in each of us, in our life? In Ruth chapter 10, 3 verses 10 through 11, <clears throat> Again, he says, The Lord bless you, my daughter. This kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier. You have not run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. And look at verse 11. It says, All the people of my town know that you are a woman of noble character. 
all the people of the town know, they knew that she was a lady of noble character. In fact, Boaz, as he falls in love with her, um, Ruth has been compared to the, to the Proverbs 31 wife. Because if you compare the Proverbs 31 uh, wife compared to, to Ruth, we see a lot of connections there. For instance, she devoted herself to her family. She delights in her work. She worked diligently. She had godly speech. She depended on God. She dressed with care. She's discreet with men. She delivers blessings to others. And so all of those are parallels between Ruth and Proverbs 31. And so we too are to, to, to live with great integrity in our life, regardless of what hand we've been dealt in life. Everybody gets a different hand, don't we? Some of them get good hands and look around and you might think, mine's really not good at all compared to this person or that person. But regardless of, of what our life is, regardless of, the, of, of our life's condition, regardless of the world's condition, and regardless of what the world says is right, we're to follow the teachings of God's Word and do what is right in His eyes, not in what's right in the eyes of the world. So we read that story, we begin to, to see that, that Boaz is really attracted to, to Ruth, but Ruth is oblivious to what's going on. She doesn't have a clue. And she, you know, she's not pursuing Boaz as her kinsman redeemer, but she was entitled to. And so Naomi gives her a little push and says, listen, you've got to claim him as your own. You've got to go to him and, and tell him. And so, and so Naomi gives Ruth four conditions or four things to do in Ruth chapter 3. Verse 3 says, wash, put on perfume, get dressed in your best clothes, then go down to the threshing floor, but don't let him know you're there until he has finished eating and drinking. And these four things that Naomi tells her to do is a picture of a sinner coming to Christ. The four steps that she encourages her to take are the four steps that are essential for any sinner to come to Christ. Number one, she says to, 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 to go and wash yourself. If we've come to Christ, we're told that it's not by our own works or our own deeds, but it's by the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. In Titus chapter 3, verse 5, he says, He saved us not because of our righteous things we've, we, had done, we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. And, and, and Jesus tells Nicodemus in, in John chapter 3, you must be washed in the water, you must be born again. You see, Ruth had been working out in the fields. And Naomi tells her, she needs to wash up. You need to clean up for your Redeemer. You need to get nice and, and clean before you go before the Redeemer. Number two, she basically says you need to anoint yourself. Evidently, she had been dressing as a widow 
dressing in, in all black, not really putting on much makeup, not making herself attractive to other people. But again, Ruth is clueless to what's going on. And so Naomi realizes that Boaz is attracted to her and she tells her to, to go and put on some perfume. The famous uh, Reverend Vernon McGee jokingly said that that exotic perfume she put on might have been called Midnight in Moab. <laughs> but she put it on and with, and with it she put on a new attitude. You see, when you and I come to Christ, we're anointed with the Holy Spirit and we should have the attitude of Christ. 1 John 2.20 says, But you have an anointing from the, Holy, from the Holy One and all of you know the truth. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, it says, However, as it, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love Him. These are the things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. You see, when we're born again, we have the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And so here we see Ruth putting on the perfume, anointing Herself. And then number three, she tells her to put on new clothes. Get dressed up. Get dressed up. You're going somewhere nice. You're going to someone important. Get dressed up. She was preparing for the future. She was preparing for what was going to happen down the road. She was preparing for her encounter with her Redeemer. And so she tells her to, to get dressed up, to to get ready, to be prepared for the future, to be prepared for what was going to happen. And folks, we have to prepare ourselves spiritually. We have to prepare ourselves for the future. We have to prepare ourselves for Christ's return because indeed, He is coming and coming quickly. And our time is running out on this earth. And, and, and folks, we need to make that known to our world around us. Every day is a day closer to his return. And so we have to be prepared for the future. We have to be prepared for Christ's return. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 and 27, talking about putting our clothes on. So, so in Christ, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ Jesus, have clothed yourselves with Christ. You've clothed, you've put it on. In Romans chapter 13, verse 11 through 14, it's a passage for us to be aware of that, and be reminded of that, that Jesus is coming, that the time is short, we're at the doorstep of His coming. And then verse 14 tells us to live in Christ, to put on Christ. Verse 11 says, and do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is, is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. 
Folks, he's telling us we we got to straighten up. We got to straighten our lives up and live in Christ, live according to the teachings of Christ because the day is at hand. The day of the Lord is is soon to appear. And he says in verse 14, rather clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. Clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. In other words, don't be concerned about yourself. Don't be concerned about your desires, but live for Christ. Follow the teachings of Christ. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 through 24, is basically what Naomi is telling Ruth. She says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and put on a new attitude. Put a new attitude in your minds and put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Take off our old self and put on Christ. Put on the, 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 the armor of Christ. And folks, we've got to be ready. We've got to be prepared for Christ's return. And so we ask the question of ourselves today, are we living as if Christ would come today? Are we? Are we living expecting Christ to come today? I'll go ahead and answer for most of us. It'd be no. I mean, think about it. Every day we get up, we have a plan. We have an agenda. We have a schedule for the day. The thought of Christ returning is seldom thought of. We've got to be concerned about the things of the Lord and be prepared and ready for His return. You see, when we become, uh, when, when we're in Christ, we become a new creation, a new being in Christ. And that leads us to the, to the fourth thing that, that Ruth was to do. She was to go down to the threshing floor. Okay, so she had washed up. She had put her per- perfume on. She had put her nice little black party dress on. Okay, and, and she, now she's to go down to the, to the threshing floor. She had to go down to the, to the threshing floor to let Boaz know that she wanted him to be the kinsman redeemer. It says in verse 4, When he lies down, note the place where he's lying. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. And he will tell you what to do. Folks, that's the next step that every, every sinner has to take. And there are those that are maybe here today, those that, that, that may think they're saved, but they've never really accepted Christ. Let me ask you this morning, have you been to the threshing floor? Have you been to the altar? Have you honestly claimed Jesus Christ as your kinsman redeemer, as your Lord and Savior? You see, according to Mosaic law, Ruth had the the, the right to claim Boaz as her redeemer. But she had to ask him. She had to claim him. You might be a church member and, and you've never gotten down to the, to the threshing floor. 
You've never personally accepted Christ and, and claimed Him as your own. Maybe you're someone that's never been to church. Maybe you're watching online for the first time. Maybe you've never come to Jesus and repented of your sin and sought forgiveness of your sinfulness and claimed Jesus and asked Jesus and invited Jesus into your heart. You see, God tells us that we need to confess our sin. That we need to acknowledge Him as our Lord and receive Him into our heart. Acknowledging Him as, as God's one and only Son who came and lived a perfect life and, and died a bloody, torturous death. And every drop of blood represented forgiveness for your sin. And they put Him in a tomb, they buried Him, but God raised Him from the dead. And praise God, because God raised Him from the dead, we have that hope of eternal life with Christ Jesus. Let me ask you this morning, have you repented? Have you confessed your sin to Christ? Have you asked Him for forgiveness? Have you asked Him to be your Lord? You see, this must be done for Jesus to be your Savior. That has to be done in order for Jesus to be your Redeemer. Maybe you're here today and said, praise God, I've already done that. I know for sure where I'm going when I pass from this life to the next. Well, folks, Ruth 3.16 is for, for us. It says, when Ruth came to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, how did it go, my daughter? And she told her everything Boaz had done for her. You see, for the true believer, this verse is for us. Folks, we're to tell everyone what Jesus has done for us. We're to tell everyone what our kinsman redeemer, what our redeemer, what our Lord and Savior has done for us. To go and tell. To go and make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. That's what we as believers are called to do. And so we look at this story in Ruth and we see that that is for those that don't know Jesus, it's for those who are lost, who need that Redeemer in their life, and it's also for us who need to tell the world about their Redeemer. Praise God. And so let me ask us today, knowing that, and knowing that Jesus might return today, tomorrow, this week, this year, how important is it for us to live a godly life and to tell others about Jesus? Verse 16 told her everything Boaz had done for her. Boaz is the Christ representative. Ruth is the church representative. Look at all that Boaz had done for the church. Look at all that Boaz had done for his bride. Look at all that Jesus has done for His church and for His bride. And so God's Word tells us to go and tell what He's done for us. That's our challenge for this week, to go and tell. Pray about that person you need to tell. Make that appointment necessary. Make it happen. Make your paths cross with that person this week. 
live a godly life, live a life of, in, of integrity, of moral excellence. Let people see us living out our faith every day in our lives. Let's pray together. Almighty God, we thank you for the wonderful book of, of Ruth and all the many, many lessons that are, that are taught within the book. Father, today as we've looked at <clears throat> in Ruth chapter 3 and Luke chapter, uh, uh, Ruth chapter 3.16, and we see where there was one lost who needed that Redeemer. She went to that Redeemer and claimed Him for herself. She went to Him and told Him she needed a Redeemer. God, every person needs a Redeemer. Father, I pray this morning that if there's anyone who doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Redeemer, that decision will be made today. That they would come saying, I am a sinner and I need to be saved. And I know that Jesus is the only one that can save me from my sin. I want to turn from my old ways. I want to put on the armor of Christ. I want to live in Christ. I want Christ to be my Savior and my Lord. And when Jesus becomes our Redeemer, we're to tell everyone what He's done for us. And God, forgive us in our sinfulness of not doing that. Convict our hearts, God, today. Because, oh, we see how the world needs the love of Jesus. And God, may You use us to let the world know burden our hearts, God, for you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.